In this episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, a friend and colleague of mine, Jordan Roberts, is going to be discussing the Secure Act 2.0 and how it affects some of your retirement plans and even possibly your 529 educational plan. Um, as always, I am a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial, and if there's anything keeping you up at night with regards to your money and finances, email me, David, at ParallelFinancial.com. That's David at ParallelFinancial.com, and I'm always happy to uh, to do a 30-minute Zoom call or in-person meeting to discuss uh, your issues and see if you have any next steps. Also, don't forget to uh, check out our website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth-building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies that help you to build and maintain wealth. My name is David Chudik, and I am a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial. So if there's anything that's keeping you up at night with regard to your money, email me, David, at ParallelFinancial.com. We can do a, a Zoom call, we can talk in person or even on the telephone about what's keeping you up at night and see if you have any next steps. Uh, today, I'm excited, though, because we have another financial advisor from our firm, uh, Jordan Roberts, and we're going to talk a little bit about the SECURE Act 2.0. So, uh, hey, Jordan, how are you? Doing well, David. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, our firm is is really cool in the fact that we, you know, all of the advisors, we work with our clients individually, but we can also bounce uh, bounce ideas off of each other. And um, you have a, a pretty specific uh, former career and expertise. So tell us a little bit about your background uh, before you were in the financial uh, financial planning business. Yeah, so in my previous uh, life, I was an attorney. I actually, I still am licensed um, in South Carolina and do some estate planning. But um, prior to being an advisor, I was an attorney at an investment firm and um, handled a lot of tax compliance and even some estate planning issues. Um, but worked there as an attorney and then, and, um, you know, love the business that you and I are in, David, and building relationships with clients and um, a big part of what I do and you too um, is, you know, get people ready to retire. And I, I saw people do that at my previous firm. And that was the thing that I enjoyed the most is seeing people work hard and then getting to enjoy the, the fruits of their labor and retirement, family and hobbies. And so um, in 2019, I made the switch from an attorney to an advisor and, um, but still get to use some of that legal background, you know, like with the the Secure Act. I feel like when there are changes to retirement laws that affect our clients, I think that my legal background helps me kind of get that information to clients quicker because I can read and digest it uh, in a unique way. Yeah, I have no pride in saying that. I'll let you uh, read and do the research on the new laws and then then explain them to me. So uh, that that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. But um, yeah. yeah, so in the financial planning business, I think a lot of people think that all a good financial planner does is like handle investments and and how can you make me the most money on my money? 
Um, but but we do so much more. You help your clients directly with estate planning. I help mine indirectly. Um, I have a background with property and casualty insurance, and that's such a huge and not sexy, but a huge part of a financial plan is protecting your assets. Um, I help businesses with with valuation and 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 increasing the value of their business. So so our firm is just really really cool in that we do some really specific things for clients that are way above. You know, we have an awesome investment process, but financial planning is so much more than just managing money. And that's some things we're going to talk about today. So um, so for for those of you who are listening, uh, we Jordan is going to be talking a little bit through a PowerPoint presentation, and he's going to give you the opportunity to uh, email him and get a copy of the presentation. Um, and for those of you that are watching, you'll have the benefit of, of seeing some of Jordan's uh, presentation. But uh, so, yeah, so the Secure Act 2.0. So let's talk a little bit about it. What is it? When did it happen? Uh, I guess it's a government program, so it probably doesn't make all that much sense. But uh, but yeah, so take it away with the Secure Act 2.0. Sure. So the Secure Act 2.0 was signed into law on December 29th of last year of 2022. Um, it got passed as part of the the year-end spending bill, and of course, that's that's going to always going to go on party lines. But uh, the House version of this bill of this it's now law um, actually passed by a vote of four fourteen to five. Wow! Um, and you know, in the age that we live in, you you don't really see very many bipartisan bills. You certainly don't see uh, many nearly unanimous. So I think the fact that we did see that on this law just underscores how important it is um, that some of these rules regarding retirement needed to change. And, um, you know, we don't, uh, you know, you see this, David, and I see it too in our work. Um, many of us as Americans don't do a good job saving. And, um, but for most of us, our primary retirement savings vehicle will be a, a company plan like a 401k. And so Congress really wanted to simplify and update some of the rules relating to 401ks and other workplace plans um, to try and get our savings rate up and get us ready as Americans to retire. Well, and, and two points there. Number one, a lot of people think, well, hey, I'll just live off of my Social Security. The answer to that is no, or 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 that'll <laughs> be a small portion of your retirement. Right. Um, another yeah. thing, and, and I'm just bragging on our firm, um, we have the ability to manage our clients' 401k plans before they even leave their job. And and I've seen it over and over that that people have done a great job signing up for their 401k plan when they first start working for a company, but then they don't really manage it. And they, if you ask them, what is your investment? They say, well, I have a 401k. Well, what's it invested in? I don't know. It's invested in a 401k. Um, and, and they may not, you know, the underlying investments may not align with their current risk tolerance and time horizons. So just a little side note, if you're interested in having uh, either Jordan or I actually manage your 401k while you're still working, that's something that we can do. And it's a pretty unique ability that I'm, I'm really happy. And I think my clients uh, value uh, value a good bit. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. Um, recently had a client that um, the vast majority of his savings is in a company 401k. And um, he said, you know, I, I signed up, I don't really know what's in there. So we, I went in and looked at his investments and he um, just by coincidence, he, he didn't know what he was doing, but he had picked the funds that had the highest fees available 
out of all the selections. So his his fees within his account were about 1.25%. Wow. Um, and the historical returns of the funds that he had picked was, was were not that great. So what we did, we went in and found some better performing funds with lower expense ratios. So we actually dropped his fees within his account from 1.25 to less than 0.05%. So some of these funds that are out there right now have really low fees. So um, just it's a real unique value add that, mm -hmm. you know, David, you and I can bring to clients when um, that's their primary retirement vehicle. So definitely something to reach out to, to me or David about if you're, if you have that um, company 401k. Perfect. Yep. All right. So let's talk about some of the benefits to individuals for the uh, Secure Act 2.0. Then we'll jump into the to the business owners later. But what are some of the the, the major benefits to individuals with this new uh, this new law? Sure. So, so um, I'm going to talk through what we're seeing on the screen here. But um, there's really four benefits to individuals uh, that I think are most impactful. Um, the first one, um, and I see this a lot because I work with people who are near retirement age. Um, if you have um, qualified accounts, so IRAs, 401ks, um, once you reach a certain age, the government makes you start taking minimum distributions from those accounts. So they're called RMDs or required minimum distributions. The reason the government does that is because you haven't paid taxes on any of that money yet, right? They're tax deferred accounts. So by making you take distributions, Uncle Sam gets his piece of the pie. Um, so prior to the SECURE Act 2.0, um, the RMD age was 72. So once you hit age 72, you had to start taking these distributions from your qualified accounts, IRAs, 401ks. Uh, the SECURE Act changes that this year uh, from 72 to 73. So if you're out there, if you turn 72 this year and you were thinking, I'm going to have to take my RMDs or start taking them this year, um, call me or David, because um, you may not want to do that. You may want to wait until you're 73. So if you're turning 72 this year and you haven't yet taken an RMB, so if you've already started, um, you are locked in to that, to that distribution schedule. But if you haven't started yet, um, call me or David and see if it, it might be in your best interest to wait until next year. Um, if you are turning 62 this year, in, in 10, 10 years from now, so 20, 33, uh, the RMD age goes up again to age 75. So if you will be 75 10 years from now, um, you will you may not have to you will not have to start taking your um, RMDs in that in that year. So um, this is all part of uh, for individuals. You know you need to be ready for when you ha have to start taking these RMDs because um, they do have tax consequences. So. Um, the increase in that age is is the is the the biggest change. Um, the next impact on individuals is an increase in the catch up contributions, these so-called catch up contributions for 401ks um, and IRAs. So the way these work um, or they worked before the Secure Act was once you hit age 50, there was a higher amount that you could contribute to your IRA or 401k um, to to kind of make up for savings that you didn't do when you were younger. Um, so in 2022, you could contribute an extra thousand to your IRAs and you could contribute an extra 6,500 to your um, 401k. So what, um, 
the Secure Act 2.0, what it does is it says that catch-up contributions now are tied to inflation. So in the past, these amounts would go up just whenever the IRS felt like it. So it might be every other year, it could be every three years, but there was no objective um, criteria or, or philosophy for increasing that. It was just whenever they felt it was necessary. Now they're gonna be pegged to inflation. Um, and the other thing that it does is it says that, um, and again, and I said now, but this actually goes into effect in 2025, but um, the minimum um, catch-up contribution amount in 2025 will be 7,500 for 401ks. I say minimum because as I mentioned just a second ago, they're tied to inflation. So it could be higher than 7,500, but we know it will be at least 7,500. Uh, so just to give, an example, um, we don't know what the contribution limits will be in 2025 for 401ks, but we know what 2023 amounts are. So I'll, I'll use that as an example. Um, so for 2023, an employee can contribute up to 22,500 to his or her 401k. And that catch up amount for age 50 plus is 70, at least 7,500. Um, so you could get, as, a, as an age 50-year-old person, you could get um, 30000 into your 401k this year. Now, the other thing the SECURE Act does is it creates this new category. So for individuals between the ages of 60 and 64, so if you're 60, 61, 62, or 63, you get an extra amount of catch-up contribution of 10000 so um, a, a minimum of 10,000. So once you go, once you turn 59 up to 60, your, your cash up contribution amount would go from a minimum of 7,500 to a minimum of 10,000. Okay. Um, and this is something that I tell clients who are in that age bracket, um, you're gonna have to start watching out for this because in all likelihood, no one from your company is gonna come to you and say, hey, you can do a higher contribution amount this year. Um, you're going to have to know that yourself. If you're fortunate enough to work with an advisor like me or David, you know, that this is something that we bring to clients and say, hey, I noticed you're in this age bracket. You can contribute more this year, and I would recommend that you do that. Okay. So higher contribution amounts is uh, the second thing. Uh, third thing is the so-called rainy day funds or emergency savings accounts within 401ks. And this was something that came out or we saw happen a lot in COVID is where uh, people had to withdraw money for medical or other financial hardships. And they were, if you're under 59 and a half, you're getting hit with that 10% uh, early withdrawal penalty, which is really punitive if you're in a, a tough spot financially. Um, so what Congress did with the SECURE Act is they said, um, we're going to create these emergency savings accounts within 401k. Uh, plans. So these these are Roth accounts, but you can contribute up to twenty five hundred a year into these accounts, and then you can take out up to four withdrawals. And um, because they it's a Roth account, it's tax free and it's penalty free, even if you aren't fifty nine and a half. Um, the other thing is employers can choose whether or not they want to match these contributions. So, let's say your employer is matching three percent of your 401k contributions, they have the option, but not the requirement to say, we can't, we will match if you do, let's say 2% to your 401k and then 1% to your emergency savings account within the 401k, we will also match that 1% into your emergency savings account. 
So if you're someone who um, wants to have access to some, some emergency savings uh, within your company plan, this is a good option for you. And then for employers, this represents a good opportunity for you to distinguish yourself um, from competitors by offering these types of accounts within your 401k plan. Okay. And oh, go ahead, David. No, no, go go ahead. We're hitting hitting the 529 rollovers now, which is which is yep. exciting. Yep. So the the final um, the final point here or benefit for individuals is so-called 529 rollovers. So um, another thing that we've seen in the last five to 10 years with 529 accounts, and for those who aren't familiar with those, these are just uh, traditionally they are college savings vehicles. So you, you put money in, um, some states offer uh, tax deductions, uh, income tax deductions for your contributions, um, but then they grow tax-free within that 529. And if you take them out and use them for educational expenses, you don't have to pay any taxes on the withdrawals. Um, but what we've seen happen in the last five to 10 years is you have these parents or, or you know, save these big 529 accounts for their kids, and then the kid either gets a scholarship or doesn't go to college or for whatever reason doesn't use all the 529 funds. And then they were having to pay these tax penalties to take the money out for non-educational purposes. And so it's like parents are doing the right thing, trying to set their kids up for success. Um, and then they're getting hit with these penalties when their kid gets a scholarship, right? And that just doesn't make sense. So um, what Congress did is they said, with 529 funds um, that had been open for at least 15 years, you can roll the money out of that 529 into a Roth IRA for the named beneficiary on that 529 account. So um, I have an example here on the screen, John and Josh, let's imagine they're, um, they're each five years old so that their, their parents are creating a, a 529 for them when they're five. And then by the time they get to age 20, um, John had, decides that he's not going to go to college. Josh goes to college, but he gets uh, scholarship money. So both of their parents have saved money into their 529s. Uh, but John, he's got 30,000 in his 529. Josh has 160,000. So his, his parents were super savers. Um, but they each have money left over at the end of their um, post high school career. So for Josh, it was college. John goes out and starts a business. Um, now, thanks to the SECURE Act, his parents can actually roll that money out of the 529 into Roth IRA for both of the boys. Um, and so in this situation, though, um, both parents could get all of that money out into the, to the Roth IRAs for them. There is a lifetime aggregate limit on how much you can roll out, which is $35,000. Um, and these rollovers are still subject to the annual contribution limits to a, an IRA. So for this year, um, it's 6,500. So let's take John, for example, he's got $30,000 in his 529. His parents over a period of four, three, four, five years, whatever it takes, um, depending on contribution limits at the time, money out of the 529 into the Roth. Um, so this is a great way for parents to, you know, who are trying to give their kids a head start on education, um, you, they can go ahead and give them a head start on retirement too. 
So great tool for parents. Um, if you if you have um, kids that you think are going to go to college and you've got a 529, this just kind of eliminates one source of worry of what are we going to do with these funds if my child doesn't go to college. Yeah, that's always been one of the negatives of the 529 is, you know, you just never know what position someone will be in in life at, at age 18 or 19. And, you know, right. sometimes they're not even walking the straight and narrow. So what do you do with that 529 <laughs> money? So this this is definitely uh, this is definitely a, a pretty advantageous rule. And again, this is why I think it's very important to work with someone like Jordan, work with someone like me who knows these rules, because working with a financial advisor, again, it's not just about how we manage your money. It's how we help you to, to know which rules are, are in force and how um, how they can affect you and, 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 the, decisions, um, and the decisions that you make. So before we pop into the part of the podcast where we talk about how the Secure Act 2.0 benefits businesses, let's talk about another topic that's important to business owners, and that's selling your business and maximizing the value that you can sell your business for. If you've ever thought that you might sell your business to fund your retirement, you really need to check out my website, www.allofmyassets.com. Make sure to take your Value Builder Score questionnaire, and that'll tell you what parts of your business can improve, where you can work towards selling your business for the highest possible multiple when you're ready to sell, or you can really just have an easier and more profitable life today. So www.allofmyassets.com and let's get back to the podcast. So those are some of the benefits to uh, individuals. Um, What about, uh, how does the Secure Act 2.0 benefit small businesses that do not yet have a retirement uh, plan um, in place? Yeah, I think that the biggest um, opportunity out there that the Secure Act creates is for small business owners, especially those that haven't created a a workplace retirement plan like a 401k yet. Um, So... One of the big changes is there's some additional tax credits for small businesses that want to start a retirement plan. Um, So prior to the SECURE Act, uh, there were tax credits of up to 50% of the cost of starting up and administering a 401k or other workplace retirement plan. Um, But the SECURE Act actually increases that amount to 100%. So a lot of small businesses maybe who are on the fence on, you know, I don't know if I really want to take the time and the effort and the expense to set up one of these plans. Essentially, the government's saying, we're going to make it free for you for the first three years to to set up and administer a 401k. And uh, one of the nice things, uh, additional tax credits is, you know, David mentioned the value of working with an advisor um, one, one of the tax credits that you can get is actually um, an education tax credit. So you can pay uh, an advisor like me or David to come out and talk to your employees, talk about the benefits of saving. Um, what I like to do is I, I really encourage employees to save and tell them how great it is that the business owner is offering this benefit. Because a lot of times what I see is employees when their boss comes and says, hey, I'm, I'm setting up this 401k, you should save in it. Uh, they kind of kind of shrug it off. You know, this is my boss. Of course, he's going to he or she's going to tell me to do this. Um, but when you have an independent third party 
uh, like me or David, who's an advisor, and we come in and say, you know, this really is a good benefit that your employer, your boss is offering you, and you really should take advantage of it. Um, I think employees tend to have a better response, and they tend to appreciate what their employers are doing for them. Sure. Um, and systematic and habitual savings that's automatic is literally maybe the best way to build long-term wealth when it's just coming out of your paycheck every two weeks and being invested. Um, that's just such a great blessing when 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 employers uh, provide that for their team members, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so the maximum tax credit here is um, $16,500 over a three-year period, so $5,500 per year for three years. Um, so it's just a nice way for employers to feel like, okay, now is the time to go ahead and pull the trigger and set up one of these plans because it's it's not going to cost me. Um, it shouldn't cost me anything for the first three years to, to do this. Now, reading between the lines, does the fact that the government is giving some tax credits to help businesses to get um, retirement plans started, does that maybe tell you and, and me that not that Social Security won't be there, but we need to rely on Social Security a little bit less and take take a little bit more responsibility on our own end? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I and mean, that's, that's a great point. And especially, you know, if you're really, if you're younger than 60, um, I would say, you know, don't count on 100% of that Social Security benefit being there. Uh, I mean, we hope it is, but it's it's not guaranteed. And, and yeah, I always... I'm sure you do the same, David, but I encourage clients like let's um, be very conservative in how much we estimate that you're going to get in Social Security. The bulk of your expenses and income in retirement should be from your own savings. Yep. Um, it's just can't rely on that Social Security. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, let's talk about some more tax credits. Yep. So, um, so I did want to mention one last thing is so this this tax credit is only available to small employers. So that's fifty or fewer, um, between fifty and hundred employees. Um, the credit is still there, though it gets phased out gradually. And then once you get to hundred employees, that credit is phased out altogether. So if you have fifty or fewer employees, now is a great time to um, start one of these retirement plans. Um, next benefit that I'll mention for employers is student loan 401k matching. Um, so if you haven't read anything about the, the student loan, um, situation in the country, um, it's, it's pretty dramatic. I mean, um, so I work with a lot of professionals, so like doctors, lawyers, dentists, um, all of those professions have on average, 200,000 plus um, in debt coming out of professional school. Undergraduates, on average, it's about $30,000. So for um, employers who are looking to attract and retain um, top young talent, um, student loans are top of mind for many of these uh, employees. And so one of the things that the that we've seen in the last uh, four or five years and was kind of heightened during COVID is that um, especially younger employees, they felt like, you know, I've got to pay down my student loans before I start saving in my 401k. And so what happened is um, employers were offering this, let's just say 3% match. 
And the employees who are paying down their loans were missing out on that employer match. And um, I, have a, I have a chart in here um, that shows that employees who take advantage of their employer's match over a 20-year period. So I, I have two employees. One has an employer that offers a match. One does not. They both save the same amount per month for 20 years. And then at the end of that 20-year period, the one who took advantage or had the employer match has about $30,000 more than the one who did not. And so for um, individuals who take advantage of their employer match, I mean, it could mean a difference of tens of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. Um, and the government didn't want employees to have to choose between paying down loans or saving for retirement. So what they did is they allowed employers to say that, uh, let's go back to that 3% match example. Uh, the employers matching 3% of employee contributions to the 401k. Um, what employers can do now is they can say, we will give you that match into a 401k if you are paying down your student loans. So it just gives employers other ways of paying employees that match. And in most cases, employers are already doing this. So it's a benefit that they can offer that doesn't cost them any additional money. Mm -hmm. And for, like I said earlier, young, especially young, it's not just young employees, but especially young employees, this is a real, this is a top concern for many of them. And so when they are, you know, we're in a very tight labor market um, and unemployment is historically low. So as an employer, when you offer that person a job, they are probably fielding other offers too, especially if it's somebody that's, you know, highly sought after. And so do to distinguish yourself as an employer is to offer these unique benefits packages. And one way that you can do that is by offering this um, you know, student loan payment match into your 401k. It doesn't really cost you any extra money, but it's really going to help you distinguish yourself in the way that you attract and retain uh, top talent. Um, next benefit that I'll mention is uh, Roth 401k matching. So um, Prior to the SECURE Act, Roth 401ks were, were permissible and you could contribute to them, but employer matches, so if they were matching 3%, for example, even if you did a Roth contribution, their matching percentage would go into a pre-tax or traditional 401k account. Um, what the SECURE Act 2.0 does is it, say, is it enables employers to make that contribution to a Roth account. And so same principle applies here um, for employers that want to distinguish themselves and offer unique benefits packages. Um, this is going to be a way to do it, to offer um, for one, uh, Roth 401k accounts and to offer to do matches into that for a Roth 401k account. Again, doesn't cost you any extra money as an employer, but it's a unique benefit that you can use to attract and retain top talent. Yeah. Well, that's, and that just, you know, that's giving, giving the, the employee the opportunity to kind of work with their advisor and decide which one works best for them in their situation based on their age, their future tax brackets, things like that. So, you know, I love options and this definitely gives much, much, much more options, both to the employer and the employee. So it's good stuff. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, and then the last thing that I'll, I'll mention is just that, um, 
starting in 2025, all, uh, excuse me, 2024, all um, new company 401k plans have to be automatic enrollment. So if you're a small business and you're thinking, you're kind of on the fence on whether or not you want to start one of these, um, just know that next year and onward, um, you will have to automatically enroll your employees and you'll have to start them at a contribution percentage of at least 3%. Now, employees can always go in and opt out of the 401k or reduce their contribution percentage. But, um, you know, the wave of the future really is um, automatic enrollment, automatic contribution of at least 3%. Um, so what I've been really telling clients that are, are small business owners is now is a great time to go ahead and start up that, that workplace retirement plan. Um, not only are you getting some new tax credits, some additional tax credits, but um, in the labor market that we're in, it's just a great way to bring in and retain good people. Um, but but now it's just an excellent time for business owners to, to put away some money into a tax deferred account and, and create that benefit for themselves as owners and for their employees. Yep. Absolutely. So if anybody wants a copy of your 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 PowerPoint presentation here that kind of gives the bullet points of um of of what you've spoken about, how how can they reach you? Yeah, so um best way to get in touch with me would probably be email, which is Jordan J-O-R-D-A-N at parallelfinancial.com. And um, I have a one pager that I can send them that kind of condenses some of this down if they just want to. Uh, browse through it before reaching out to one of us. Um, but that, that'd that be the best way. Awesome. Awesome. And Jordan really focuses on retirement and financial planning for dental practices and law firms with five or fewer partners and other small businesses. So, so if that, if you fit that profile, you know, sh shoot Jordan an email, Jordan at parallelfinancial.com. He has a lot of expertise that is kind of uh, specific um, to that area. So, hey, so we talked about, uh, you know, when we prepared for this podcast, we talked about what what some of the points we were going to make were. But uh, now I have the question that I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. And uh, I ask every guest. So uh, we're the Weekly Wealth Podcast, and we talk about the mindset, the tactics, and the strategies that can help you to build and maintain wealth. So, Jordan, what is your definition for you, for your family? Um, I think you have, what, 27 kids or, or uh, a bunch of them. What, yeah. what, is, what, what does wealth mean to you and your family? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think um, I feel the same way that a lot of my clients do is um, it's not a we're not trying to become the richest people in the world. We're not, um, you know, trying to sit at the beach every day and, and drink, um, you know, Mai Tais. It's, um, we want to have uh, options. We want to, we want to have that feeling of, I don't have to go to work, right? I, I can, I can volunteer. I can do all these other things that um, I can spend more time with families. So really it's just um, money is a tool that enables us to um, do good for other people and and do good for our family. And so having the ability to do that one day without having to worry about, um, you know, can I do that and pay the bills? Uh, I think that's, that's what we're working towards. Yep. I love it. Most people come back with some version of freedom as opposed to when I get to a million dollars or $5 million or $10 million. Because I think 
you, you know, we all think that when I have X amount of dollars, I'll be rich. Well, when you get there, you're not rich. And then when you get to the next one, yeah. you, you, you don't think that you're wealthy. So uh, it's a matter of uh, freedom and having a very, very gr uh, grateful mindset. So I appreciate uh, appreciate your time. I appreciate your expertise on this. This has been exciting. So any questions about the Secure Act 2.0, you can email Jordan at parallelfinancial.com. And also, if you're a business owner and if you have in the back of your mind that maybe you'd like to sell your business or know what your business is worth so that one day you can sell it and use those funds to uh, to fund your future retirement and lifestyle, check out my website, www.allofmyassets.com. Um, I'm doing some pretty cool stuff with business owners to help them to build the value of their business so that they can sell it for a higher multiple when they're ready or just have an easier and uh, and more profitable life today. So www.allofmyassets.com. Hey, Jordan, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up next time. There's another big piece of legislation. We'll let you do the research and come on and explain it to us. Sounds like a deal. <laughs> yeah, deal. I'll do it. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's good to be here. All right. Good deal. Thank you. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.